Welcome to Blue Talks. All right. Thanks, um, everybody, for being here. Uh, it's the first time I've been on a stage, so I'm a little bit nervous. So. Anyway, so I have a question for you. Get right to it, right? Do you have a food that you react to? Maybe you get a little bit bloated or you know, other kind of digestive issues, or maybe you get a little bit of brain fog or a little swelling in the knee or something like that. Anybody have them? Yeah. Yeah, me too. So. If you went to a friend's house and they spent all day making this fabulous dessert for you, and it contains that food, do you eat it? Or do you find a way to politely say no thank you or explain your allergies to who would eat it? Yeah, right? Yeah, me too. Not anymore though. So what if I told you that eating that, even though you know that is an issue for you, can be causing some drastic effects in your health, right? Food intolerances are actually one of the triggers to autoimmune disease. And so when we allow though, to keep eating those food triggers, that um, things that bother us like that, then we're opening the gates to something called leaky guts. Anybody heard of leaky gut? Yeah. So it's a pretty hot term right now, right? All it really means is that your gut is permeable or leaky. So in between our cells and our, um, and our digestive system, there's a one cell membrane between our digestive system and our blood system. The cells are supposed to be really nice and tight, right? But what happens when we eat a food that bothers us, we're under extra stress, certain medications, it causes some inflammation either between the joints or allows those joints to somehow open. That allows undigested food particles, viruses, parasites, all these things that we don't really want in our blood system to get into our blood system. Then our immune system has to kick in, right? Clean out the matter, throw it through our filtration system of our body and hopefully filter it out of our body. But if every day we keep eating that food that triggers the opening of these gaps, such as gluten, then we're continuing to bombard, we keep opening the gate. I always think of it as like if you, in the castle, right? And all the movies about castles and they open the gate and the riffraff all come in, right? <laughs> we're opening the gate and allowing the riffraff to come into our blood system, right? It's the same kind of thing. So there's something about gluten that is um, unique compared to other foods. One, it's, it's harder to heal from it because Every single person that eats gluten every single time is going to release something called zonulin. And zonulin goes into these gaps, creates inflammation, and allows that to open. Now, that doesn't mean everybody needs to avoid gluten, because there's actually health problems with, glu with going gluten-free, too. But if that is keeping the gate open too long for you and bombarding your immune system all the time, then you're going to have problems, right? Because our body can't keep up to it. I'll have to talk, uh, the other analogy is, you get a little country girl like me coming to the city, and she's driving to find this place, and she's driving, and then she makes a turn, and then, and then Google says, <laughs> correction, make a your turn, right? I was doing good, but now I'm, now I'm lost, right? What happens, right? The anxiety goes up, the stress comes up. Same thing with our immune system. When it's always being bombarded, one tiny little thing can just throw you for a loop, 
right? You were doing good until, right? Because you're already at that saturation level. It's like a water dripping in a bucket, right? If it keeps coming, the bucket never gets empty, right? It's the same thing with our, our, our whole body is always under stress like that. It's going to start creating a lot of problems, not just with our digestion, but throughout the rest of our body as well, right? Our cells know when we're not happy, right? And we're always under stress like that. It just keeps bombarding and adding more to the fuel, to the fire, as we say. So the leaky gut can cause inflammation and then the inflammation can cause all kinds of things, right? Fatigue, depression, anxiety, brain fog, insomnia, acne, hormone imbalances in both men and women, right? We're both the same that way. Hypothyroid symptoms, um, autoimmune disorders and immune dysregulation. So there's all kinds of very serious things that can happen because of it. And again, if we keep dealing with this over and over and we, or we keep adding this fuel to the fire and we don't do anything about it, it can start to turn into more serious issues. Autoimmune, there are five triggers to autoimmune disease. Food intolerances, toxins, infections, and then stress and diet play a role in all of our health, right? If we can't absorb what we're eating, and we're not eating it in the first place, then we can't have the, the vitamins and minerals that we need in order to be healthy. So an interesting fact in the Celiac Association, if you have one autoimmune disorder, disorder, you are far more likely to get another one. And I'll talk about my mom in a few minutes. But the Celiac Association did some studies and it is um, linked to how early you were detected of celiac disease. So it's very important if you have family history to make sure that your children are being checked for celiac disease early. Because if you wait to the age of 20 years old, you are 34% higher chance of getting another autoimmune disease, right? So you've really increased your chances of getting something else. And celiac disease, really, it's not that big of a deal. You just stop eating gluten, right? It's a simple answer. Sometimes it's a little challenging and we have, you know, our emotions play a role in there, and, right? But when we start to understand what it actually is doing to us, then it's causing that zonulin to react for us, then it makes it a lot easier for us to stay away from it, right? Because we start understanding what the true cost of that piece of donut or that piece of bread or whatever might be really costing you. And some of the other speakers talked about emotions and all that stuff, which is so important to, to really address. So, but if it starts out with celiac disease, you can avoid the rest of the problems with celiac disease if you just stop eating gluten. Pretty simple. However, some of the other autoimmune diseases might not be such a simple solution. This is my mom. My mom was diagnosed with celiac, well, I thought my mom was diagnosed with celiac disease when I was in grade six. Turned out, I just found out three years ago, that she actually was never diagnosed with celiac. It was always gluten sensitivity, which would have been nice because I, from about the high school age, started to thinking that gluten was a problem for me as well. And I talked to my doctors for years and years. I don't know how many gynecologists they sent me to. They sent me to every specialist in Edmonton, I think. <laughs> Whoops. And they always came back and said, no, it's not gluten. You're not celiac. Your scope is negative. But mom had to go gluten-free at at, when I was in grade six. And then mom got fibromyalgia. And then she got arthritis. 
Then she got Raynaud's disease. I don't know if anybody knows about that. That's not very fun. It means that the circulation doesn't get into your limbs, your feet and your toes. So my mom wears mittens all year long. Like we come up to the hospital next week or Monday to go to her, her heart um, to the Mazakowski, and she'll have wool mittens on because the air conditioning will make her freezing, right? And they'll bring her a nice warm blanket and she gets all the wonderful care that way though. But mom also has something called scleroderma. Scleroderma is pretty rare, so has anybody ever heard of it? It's, yeah, it's not something most people have heard of, but <clears throat> thank goodness it's rare. But scleroderma is basically a tightening of the skin. So at first mom's, you know, she has, like if, if you could blow up her face, you'd see she has beautiful, no wrinkles like me, <laughs> underneath her eyes, right? And around her mouth. She doesn't have those wrinkles. Well, that was okay maybe, right? But then it started to tighten her ankles and around her fingers. Then her arthritis got bad. So now her fingers can't bend because of the arthritis. They can't bend because the skin is so tight, right? So her hands hurt all the time. And then now, in the last two months, my mom has had to go on oxygen because something is causing her heart to not quite work right or her lungs to not quite work right or the two to not work right together. And they've tried, they've looked at everything else and they think that the only logical ex explanation is that the skin inside of her lungs or her heart is starting to tighten up as well. So now my mom can't garden. She can't drive, right? You know, she's still at home and she talks to all her friends every day, but that's not the same as being able to get out and move, which only just three months ago she could do. So it's important that we deal with it. My point of course is that we try to deal with it as early as possible, right? And dealing with these minor things that are happening with our digestion, if we correct that microbiome and close that leaky gut up so we don't keep continuing to cause more damage to our health, then we can start, hopefully stop these kinds of things from happening. My daughter is starting to show some of those things as well. And so, you know, as her mom, they don't listen to moms very much. You know how that works, right? I need to find a different health coach for her to work with probably. But it's important that she starts to really understand what's going on, right? Because we want to prevent her from going down the same path as mom. <coughs> so I want to tell you about my doctor. Guess what I think of him? <laughs> He's a real jack. Anyway, I went to many of them, so I don't know which why I put his name, whose name to put on here because I had lots of them. But when I was finally diagnosed with IBS, he told me that, um, that there's nothing I could do because I cycled from constipation to diarrhea. So I would have, wouldn't have a bowel movement for over a week and then all of a sudden it wouldn't stop, right? And so I'd have four or five days and just, of course I had a whole week in there that I had to come out somehow, I guess, right? And so because I cycled from both, he said it was all in my head and it was all my goddamn imagination. So he sent me home and told me to figure out what food was causing the IBS, what was triggering my IBS. But it ain't gluten because you ain't celiac. So don't stop eating wheat because wheat is good for you. So I was never diagnosed with celiac. My mom was never diagnosed with celiac. And my daughter is allergic to wheat. Her test came back as a wheat allergy. So the likelihood of mom and I most likely having a wheat allergy is probably pretty good, right? But 30 years I fought with these people. And then finally, Andre got sick. It's my beautiful daughter. At about the right size uh, age, she was in grade six. 
She started getting so sick, she lost 75% of her school year. She couldn't, she, she would, every day, she would have such cramps. At first they blamed it on, you know, she's getting her period because she's, well, she's a little young, but okay, that, that, that happens, right? Oh yeah, she's just getting her period, just getting her period. Well, four freaking years later, she doesn't get her period. Maybe we should start looking at something else, right? So our doctor didn't want to do a scope. To, to get celiac diagnosis in Canada, it is a scope. It means you have to put a camera down, take a clip, right? They analyze that clip to see if the villi are cut off or broken or whatever. And they didn't want to put Andrea through that because she was so young and she just had a panic attack every time I took her for a blood test. So our doctor suggested we just go gluten-free. So no problem. I know what gluten is. Mom's been gluten-free for 30 years, right? We can do this, this is easy. Well, I was pretty wrong, <laughs> very wrong. Mom did not realize that gluten was hiding in her soup base. You know, she used to use mushroom soup or celery soup and all her casserole dishes. She'd add some bouillon, right, to add some flavor to things. She'd add a certain spice mix. And we didn't realize back then, didn't have to be identified on the label then, that it was in everything. It would take me hours to go grocery shopping because I'd be on my smartphone the whole time. Thank God for my new little fancy little Apple iPhone, right? And it would take me an hour to buy a can of soup. Well, when I went gluten-free, then mom finally, after 30 years, was finally gluten-free. And her health then um, followed along with that, right? Because she used to cheat every once in a while because, well, she was sick anyway, right? Because she was still getting gluten. What other health issue do we have that we have a verb to describe it, right? Gluten, got gluten. So 30 years I fought with them. Finally, we went gluten-free. For me, four to five days. And it was like a whole new woman. I couldn't believe that I'd wait 30 years, right? To just do it and follow my own instinct, right? And I gave all that power to the Mr. Jackass back there, right? And let the doctors tell me what was wrong with me and I didn't listen to my own body and listen to my own intuition. But the symptoms are just a sign that something's not right, right? There's something not right. Root cause is actually a journey, not a destination. In functional medicine, we always are taught to look for the root cause, but we never stop looking because there's always farther down the rabbit hole to go to keep looking and seeing what, but why, right? Why is that happening? So our microbiome is a very key, everybody's probably heard that. It's a pretty um, popular, big hot topic nowadays as well. So our microbiome just means the gut, usually we're talking about gut microbiome, but we do have microbiome on all other parts of our body too, right? But we're, today we're gonna talk about the, the gut microbiome. And so the gut microbiome is incredibly important. It's what regulates and all kinds of our issues, like hormones. Excuse me. It helps to regulate hormones. It helps to digest our food. It helps to mm, decide on what our mood is going to be. It sends you messages about what you want to eat. Food cravings are a lot to do with our microbiome. They're not a, people think, it, I don't have any willpower to not eat that. Well, it's not even you that's talking. It's the damn bacteria in your tummy, right? But that's also sending us messages, the gut instinct. That's that microbiome that's telling you, this isn't right, I don't feel good about this, right? And you get that tightening in your stomach. It's the microbiome that's talking to you. So it's important that we start to understand 
that these are our friends. There's some that aren't our friends and we want to limit them, right? But we want to really encourage the growth of the good guys. I hate the bad versus good because the bad guys have a purpose in our body as well. So we still need them. We can't eradicate all the candida, for example, because if we did, we would, our poop wouldn't be able to biodegrade, right? So they all have a purpose. But we want to have more of the good guys and less of the bad guys, so to speak. So we need to start thinking about how we can protect and nurture them, right? What are we doing that will affect them? And how will that affect them? And then how can we help them live as healthy, happy life as possible, right? Does anybody have houseplants? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? So you can't feed all your houseplants the same food, the same amount of water, the same amount of sunshine, right? They're all different. So these are living, breathing creatures as well. It only makes sense that they aren't gonna want all the same food. They don't all like the same environment to grow in, right? So we need to start to understand what the environment, the ones that we want to thrive need versus the ones that we don't want, right? So when I um, discovered functional medicine, um, I started to understand that I had a really wicked candida overgrowth, and we'll get to that in a minute when I start telling you my auntie's story. When I went to school to become a health coach, I thought I would help people with um, food elimination diets, because that's what I understood, right? We had all these food eliminations that we had to do, and um, I had IBS for all these years, and so I knew how, how, how the struggle was, right? And I could identify with people. But I very quickly realized that we can't just stop eating them and hope that our body will heal. We have to take an active role in healing that, right? And Dr. Mark Hyman had said that there was the triggers to autoimmune, right? One of them was infections. And in our gut, we have four types of gut infections. One is fungal, such as something like candida, such as SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, which means that the good bacteria that's supposed to be in our colon has now migrated and decided it lives, it likes it better in the small intestine and that's where it's living. It's not it's supposed to be there, there should be some, yes, but majority of that is supposed to be in our colon. And so that's also now gonna be creating all kinds of issues. Issues with the imbalance in the microbiome, it's gonna create biofilms that they can hide on, the parasites can hide behind these biofilms, right? And it, and it creates things like depression and anxiety, all kinds of stuff like that very first list that we've seen. Parasites is another one, most people understand that. But we think that because we live in North America, that we don't have parasites. Yes, it's not as common to have serious parasite problems, but parasites exist here as well. And then H. pylori, which I won't get into too much today, but that's more of a stomach thing. So when I went gluten-free though, I lost 35 pounds or 30, 35 pounds when I first originally went gluten-free because I didn't know where anything was. So I just made everything from scratch, right? Well, then I started finding out that Lay's potato chips are gluten-free. <laughs> and then, you know, this brand makes a really good gluten-free cinnamon bun. And there's this amazing bakery in Edmonton that makes these fabulous things, right? And guess what happened? <laughs> Gained it all back plus more. I got to about 200, just under 199 pounds, right? So going gluten-free, we have to do it the right way. We have to stay away from the damn gluten-free section of the grocery store because that's not helping us. That's full of processed foods. It's full of high starches, high sugar, right? It's not helping. We just need to get back to nature and eat natural things. 
What I realized is that I was a victim. I was playing the victim role, right? Because I was seeing only what I was missing and I wasn't seeing what I was gaining from it all. And so I had to switch my mindset to realize that that's not really where the, the problem is, right? It's all about here. I had to see the good part of it all. So quickly, I'll tell you about my anti-flow. My auntie Flo had a lot of the same digestive issues that I had, a lot of the same diagnosis. And one day she asked me to bring her up to the city. And I sat in the appointment with, the, with her GI. And I listened to her demand that he do an alienostomy, which means he would pull, cut a hole in her, her abdomen, pull out a um, part of her intestine and put a bag on there. And she would poop in a bag for the rest of her life. She thought that was better than what she was dealing with her IBS at the moment. That's how drastic and then desperate she had gotten. And I just said there was no way that was gonna to happen to me and Andrea. So I dug deeper, I found natural medicine. I got to a functional medicine doctor and I lost 35 pounds. That was me before, I was 199 pounds. Then I lost about, well, 50 pounds there actually. And I lost 35 pounds in three months, but 50 pounds in six. And then I continued and found out that Potatoes was one of my trigger foods. And I removed potatoes. And these two end pictures, there's only one pound difference in me. But I stopped eating potatoes. This just shows how much inflammation can be in our bodies. So what I want you to learn today is that to get curious. When you think you found the root cause to your health, dig deeper. Uh, become that little six-year-old that used to always say, but why, mom? Why, mom? Right? Ask why. And then the other one is trust your intuition. Listen to your body, listen to your instincts. And if you believe something isn't quite right with you, keep digging until, and, and keep going to different people until you find somebody that can help you. Listen to your body and listen to your intuition. You are the only expert in you. Nobody knows you like you do. Don't let anybody take that power away from you. Do I have one minute? So I want to each introduce you to Greg. Greg is my cousin. A couple years ago, he had bowel cancer. They removed a part of his colon and his small intestine. And they thought everything was good, right? Sent him home, everything's fine. A couple years go by and he's doing okay. And he started to get really bad constipation. <laughs> July 13th, he called me. He was desperate. What they were giving him wasn't working. Asked if there was something I could give him or some suggestions I could give him. And so I did. And I said, call me, you know, try those things and then give me a shout because I got like a million things but I want to give a million things to you at one time, right? A week later, I hadn't heard from him, but his sister called me and said they'd taken him into emergency here in Edmonton. And they did a uh, CT scan, they did a um, colonoscopy. They thought at first he had a twisted bowel but all they found was a little bit of inflammation. So they sent him home with this thinking, you know, everything's good, it's just a little inflammation. July 19th, a couple weeks ago, I got home from holidays and I got a phone call that Greg had died. They had rushed him in and did emergency surgery, but his bowel burst. Greg has a 12-year-old boy who he fought for to have custody of. And now we don't even know who will have legal custody of him. Will he have to go back to his mom or will my cousin and her dad be able to help raise him? So don't wait, 
Your health is important. We only have one body to live in, right? We need to take care of the body, mind, and spirit. You've heard that already today. And just don't wait. Do it now. Thank you. So I do have a free um, download that you're welcome to. Just uh, a few simple tips that you can start right away. They can apply right this week. Um, so give me a shout. Um, go onto my website and download it if that's in interest to you. podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.